This podcast is brought to you by Church Society, a fellowship contending to reform and renew the Church of England in biblical faith. information about Church Society and all the things that we do on our website churchsociety.org. You'll also find there the full archive of the podcast. Welcome back to the Church Society podcast. I'm Lee Gatiss. I'm the director of Church Society and I'm joined today by my excellent colleague George Crowder who's our regional director in the north of England and a vicar in the Diocese of Chester at a place called Over. How are you George? Uh, fine. Thank you very much, Lee. I'm glad to be with you. Um, probably for our last podcast together. Well, maybe not our last podcast, but our last podcast uh, when I'm a staff member. Yes. And so this is uh, to remind people that George is leaving Church Society. Uh, he will no longer be our regional director from Easter. Uh, he's moving from Church Society and from over to be the next rector of St. Mary's Cheadle. Um, it's probably got a longer title, has it? I think it's a benefice of, yes. of St. Mary and St. Cuthbert's. And St. Cuthbert's. We mustn't forget St. Cuthbert's as well. <laughs> um, uh, perhaps you can tell us more about that uh, as we go. George, how long have you been regional director for Church it's, Society? It's pretty much five years. It'd be five years Easter. So I'll do exactly five years. Five years. That's a very long time. So it's a good time, chance for us now to... Just reflect on what you've been up to um, and what we've learned in those five years. So what what exactly was your job spec? You were our first regional director. We had this vision for a more um, in-touch church society so that we would have people on the ground in various different places. And you were the you were the first one that, that I managed to recruit uh, to do this job in the north. We start with the most important place in the north. <laughs> Um, so what exactly was your job spec when, when you started? Um, well, uh, I remember uh, chatting with you because I, I pretty much offered myself for this. It was a it was a it was a mutual thing. Yes. Uh, I, I thought I'd heard about this job because I was on uh, Church Society Council and I thought I'd like to do that. Um, so at the interview, I, I sort of I said to you what I think I should do. And then we refined it together. And that, that was a lot about connecting with people. Uh, we wanted to connect with more people so that they could understand what church society could offer. But we'd also wanted to understand uh, what it was really like in a local church, in a diocese in the north somewhere, um, so that we could be better resourced people in, in real ministry and in, in, in lay ministry and in, in full time ministry. So so my brief was to do that, to be the person who, who connects with people Um to listen to people. I didn't really think I should go around with some kind of roadshow telling people what we've got to offer and telling people what they should do with it. Yeah. I, when I contacted um, people who are in various dioceses and groups, I said, don't plan for me to speak, just do whatever you're going to do and let me listen. Uh, and I did a lot of that, especially in the first few years. So my brief was to listen, to find out um, what was going on in local churches all over the country so that we could better equip them to live God's word as, as church society. Uh, I'd like to feed that back um, so, and, and then talk to uh, the staff team um, about it and, and see what we could do with that information. 
Uh, I had a small part of my brief also to prepare and deliver stuff, uh, to be part of the uh, to Church Society resource, uh, uh, well, the massive amount of resourcing that we do, uh, to be part of that. And so I enjoyed doing that, being encouraged to do that, uh, writing and speaking and doing things uh, myself to in response to the things I've been finding out. Yeah, so a connector, really, not a not a director. In some ways, we should have given you a different title, regional yes. connector. Um, might have sounded a bit odd, but that was your job con to connect, to listen, um, and but not to tell everybody what they should be doing and, and that kind of thing. Um, that was your job. What what sort of things have you been doing then in these last five years? You've been to lots of different places, I think, haven't you? You've done a lot of traveling and meeting. Yes, especially at first, because I, I did need to make the connections. And mm. so I was very willing to travel. I have been very willing to travel. Uh, I especially wanted to meet with any groupings that existed. And if they didn't exist, I wanted to encourage them to exist so I could meet with them. I thought it was much more profitable to meet together and listen to each other. Um, though in some cases, there was only one or two people in a whole diocese, and I'd just meet with them uh, uh, and and find out what was what was going on for them and talk to them about that um so yes i did travel a lot i i and that was very enlightening um i think if a regional group meets uh, just to go around the room and share what's going on for each one of them and then to pray about it that's a hugely profitable meeting yeah and it's very interesting uh because people are involved at various levels in the diocese so that you get a bit of that going on people are involved in various initiatives within the diocese planting or um, education or, or whatever uh, and it, uh, it and it's it's just very enlightening to, to hear about that so i did a lot of traveling um and i suppose that was the main thing i did um until i started realizing what we could do to help resource people then i started getting more involved in initiatives and in writing and uh, and in speaking but it does take a time, doesn't it, to to make connections and to find out what is actually happening. I mean, you were working for us and you still are, but you've been working for us one day a week or so. Um, and to, to make fruitful relationships across the whole area of the north amongst um, conservative evangelicals does just take time. Mm -hmm. So obviously you've you've had to invest quite a lot um, in doing that alongside a busy incumbency as well. And I've loved it. Um, I, I mean, I've been in sometimes a relatively difficult post of my own incumbency. And, I, and I've found it extraordinarily encouraging personally to, to meet with other people in different places who are you know, struggling in their own way. There's a kind of uh, a cathartic encouragement in that. Uh, but uh, I, I've just loved having some another a bigger perspective, being able to have that bigger perspective, being able to find out uh, how things are going in a different diocese. I absolutely love that. And I've loved being part of a staff team as well. That's been a huge encouragement to me personally. A growing staff team. In church be. society. Yes, yeah. 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 Uh, that's been a, a big plus for me. It's been a, a wonderful encouragement. So while you're running around the north of England, um, uh, spreading the good news of church society and uh, hearing what else has been going on and flying the flag for us, a little bug was uh, flying around in China uh, which would eventually come over here and have a bit of an impact. So um, the pandemic hit fairly early on in your time in church society. What sort of impact did COVID-19 and COVID-20 and 21, what, what 
impact did that have on your ministry as a regional director? I went to a lot of regional Zoom meetings. <laughs> that was really helpful because uh, in each one, they were just saying, well, how are we, how are we going to cope with this? And people were giving their various, you know, coping strategies. You know, are you Zoom? Are you YouTube? Uh, all of that. Um, but the, I suppose the most helpful thing is, is as I've been to more and more of these different regional Zoom meetings is being able to say, well, guess what's happening over here? Uh, or, or most people are finding this, uh, you know, and, and just to, to hear that and to encourage them uh, and to listen. Uh, so that was very, very interesting. And, uh, and very helpful to have probably more sort of contact with ministers around the region than than I have, than I had in any other part of my role here. That was was during the uh, pandemic, um, and as a and as a um, as a response to that, I came back to the staff team and and Tony and Chris were reflecting on what happened for them um, in their regions as in well. Their regions we as well three, in the southeast, the southwest. Um, we we came up with a response which was to provide um, sermons, video sermons for people, so they could go on holiday or have a break. Uh, yeah. And we, we did that quite a lot, didn't we? We all yes, we, we all did a few did some... sort of sermon series. Went through all all of Ephesians, and we had some Christmas carol sermons and uh, and various other things, didn't we? In order to help people who were running online services, just to have a break from doing some of them or some part of it, so that they would have a guest speaker. Somebody from church society yeah. would be available to them on Zoom and they could just download that from Dropbox and insert it into their sermon, uh, into their service for that week. So that that was a really good idea that came out of having the connections in the regions and then having the resources that were available to to help people. Uh, yeah, and it was, a, it was a big help. I, I, I've, I've met so many people since. Oh, yes. We we know your face from from <laughs> one of the one of the sermons that we had during lockdown and and the, and we, the big problem was fatigue. The ministers were really struggling yeah. with the fatigue of of learning new technology, of coping with it all, uh, uh, and investing in it. And so it was a way in which we could respond very specifically to a practical ministry need. So that that was good a good outcome. Yeah. Yeah, and it really helped us respond in church society in a way that we might not have been able to prior to having regional bods on the ground. Mm -hmm. You've also done a bit of writing uh, for various publications, um, various rags. Tell us about that. What sort of things have you been writing in the last few years? Well, I I, I never thought of, I would do much writing because it was never much of a thing, but it's something I've learned a lot, uh, mainly from you, Lee, uh, has to be said, and, and very good writers in the staff team. Um, so I took on, um, writing blogs for church societies to start off with mm. and then church of england newspaper you used to write a lectionary column for them yeah so you said why not try this so i took that on and did that for a while and um and now i write for en um occasionally in the comment column um basically because i, I i've been able to connect with a lot of people and understand how they are feeling about things in the Church of England, particularly the LLF, PLF situation. And that gives me a perspective to respond to it. And so that's that's been that's been very helpful as well. It's an outcome from from this post. Would you say your writing has improved over the last five years? Well I think you would. <laughs> I certainly Definitely. I, I think you've made you've made great strides. You're you're a master of the 
the 600 word um newspaper or blog article yeah you've I, done I, well i do enjoy doing that i i I've, yeah and i find it a helpful exercise to distill things down into that sort of length for a, for that kind of audience it's, very it's different to doing a sermon isn't it i mean it's a different yeah, skill yeah, from yeah. you know you do a sermon 20 30 minute sermon and that's that's one thing to a live audience but to actually write something in 600 words i mean that's a five minute talk how what how can you do that how yeah. can you say something in five minutes and trying to to have that skill in, in a way that is clear but interesting and provocative i think you've done great with that it's, it's kind of the same thing i've been trying to do at, at lots of levels it's trying to capture a sense of how people are feeling what they're going through and and, and articulate it well and i think that is a is a great help for people to feel they've been heard that that it it then that people know that we know what we're go, they're going through and that we're able to respond so i think it's part of that and something that like church society seeks to do um yeah so yeah, i've been, I've been to have you as an incumbent who does know what it's like on the ground also being the one who's listening to other incumbents has been terrifically helpful um, possibly i know that you uh, speak from experience personally but also from your wider knowledge as our regional coordinator one really um big thing that's come out from all of the listening and fact finding that you did um, we realised, didn't we, early on that there were a number of people doing what you were doing in Over, mm -hmm. a sort of revitalization ministry. Just tell us about the genesis of this new thing that came out uh, of that. Well, as I travelled around, I, I met a few people who were doing the same kind of ministry as me. I knew there were a few around, but I realised there were far more. Um, and so that was interesting. Uh and I talked to them about what they were going through. And I thought, oh, well, you know, I want to be a hotline for them just because I can <laughs> empathize with what they're, they're going through. And maybe if I had a similar experience or something, share that. Uh, but then there seemed to be quite a lot. And I brought that back to the staff meeting, um, uh, which we have every week on Zoom, uh, which is it's a wonderful thing. I, I, I come to staff meeting feeling extraordinarily privileged to be able to hang around with people like you. Uh, it's, stop it's, it stop it don't do that it is it is but it is a very very positive group it's a, a wonderful group to sort of throw ideas around and to share stuff with uh, and out of that tony cannon uh started thinking and thinking could we offer something more about that chris moore is also involved in vitalization and i guess through that discussion i think it was tony who pushed the idea of doing a webinar again off the back of all the webinars that have been happening through lockdown. <laughs> so that was a contributory factor. Yes. Uh, and and one for the north and one for the south at first. Well, there was a huge response to that. We were uh, many more people came along than we thought, and we realised that there's a lot of this going on. Uh, perhaps we should make a, a more structured response and have. Uh, network and i think it was kirsty or you who suggested the name norm network. well i had a different name at first so for many years we'd wanted in church society to to be reaching out to people in small turnaround rural and evangelistically challenging churches so if you put that together you get stretch so I had this idea of a stretch initiative. Um, so I, I came up with that. But you think it might have been Kirsty? I think Kirsty came up again. with Norm. Yeah, network came up with Norm. 
yeah, and there were various sort of. I think you said let's have Norman and and Norman. Well, at first, there was also um, the network of revitalization ministers and laity, which normal. I think is my my idea. Normal, um, <laughs> because it is it is normal in so many ways to to be in a church which needs revitalizing. It's normal, yeah, and it we wanted that, to mainstream this yeah. idea if we can terribly um verb that word um we wanted to mainstream the idea but norm mm. is what we eventually settled on but it did come out of this um kind of understanding and just uh and listening to people that we, we that we'd met uh around the regions so how many uh, people are there now involved in in norm in terms of we have a whatsapp group and we have a webinar yeah. and we have a newsletter to to bring these people together and to, to learn together and to be encouraged and resourced in revitalizing or turning around a parish i think we get about 40 at each webinar do we 40 to 60 at a webinar 40 to 60 people sometimes yeah yeah uh on the on the on the newsletter i think we're up to a uh, 189 people who are on that uh, that goes up every month um mm. every time i uh, we still keep finding more people who are doing this ministry and we still have people who are wanting to start in this ministry considering the climate we're in it's extraordinary I think it's an extraordinary move of the spirit, um, yeah. uh, and and considering other co another context that I discovered as I was meeting with the regions, which was a big eye opener, is that as I went to other dioceses, I realised that the big thing they were struggling with was diocesan finances, and that um, that the the, the the fact that uh, some dioceses discovered they had no money in the bank <laughs> meant they were taking drastic measures to restructure. Yeah. Uh, deaneries and parishes and merge things together and there and there was a strange coalescence in the model for doing this in creating super deaneries of various kinds there are different ways of doing it but merging big deaneries and then having a an extra few archdeacons who are going to be managing uh, teams of ministers across these deaneries or in various merged parishes but this was sort of going on and emerging at a serious rate uh, all over the place in a in a similar way, but in a haphazard way, it wasn't like they were all agreeing on this approach. It was just that was the approach that was kind of working uh, or not working. I don't think it's working at all, but that was happening. Uh, and and so as you meet with the ministers, they were struggling with this. Um, and, and to see that happening where things are getting shrunk. And at the same time here, story after story of an evangelical minister being called to a church that is usually struggling in some way, often financially, to do a revitalization ministry. Uh, well, that's a much better story, isn't it, than shrinking ministry and combining ministry. Yeah. And it's amazing that it's actually happening and it just keeps happening. And God is at work calling people to very difficult contexts. Uh, so, so hearing those two contrasting stories was, was amazing. And so we wanted to encourage the revitalization story, get it heard uh, yeah. and, and, get, and get a sense of solidarity for people who are in diocese where they're probably quite isolated. Um, uh, across the nation and that's that's been a really positive initiative that's come out of uh, yeah. all of the region the work of the regional directors i think it's been really helpful when we've been thinking in church society trust our patronage board as well about individual parishes and the challenges that individual parishes face when there's a vacancy and the pressures on them for merging working with other parishes that they may or may not have quite a lot in common with it helped chris moore and i write a uh, an official response to a Church of England consultation on all of these sorts of issues as well. So it's had lots of knock-on 
positive effects uh just having eyes and ears on the ground and to be able to hear from people what what the challenges are may i bring to your attention a new book from church society called reforming church written by george crowder the subtitle how god is at work in revitalization ministry So this is a book written about this kind of ministry of revitalising churches in the Church of England. It's written with insight, with humour and a depth of experience and gives the highs and lows of this kind of ministry as well as sage advice about bringing a church ministry to life. And also at the end of this book there's a chapter from Paul Darnington on evangelical ministry in non-evangelical parishes so i commend this book to you it's available on the church society website give it a look and even more perhaps give it a read has anything else come out of norm so you you as part of these webinars um did some talks and some input into each of those um have you done anything with those reflections on this ministry george I, I might have been encouraged to write them down and put yes. them into a publishable format by somebody who's you know very keen <laughs> on publishing good books so we have now an excellent <laughs> new book called reforming church how god is at work in revitalization ministry just tell me i mean that's a great title reforming church we are about reforming and renewing the church of england in biblical faith norm is about doing that one parish at a time why did you choose that subtitle how god is at work in revitalization ministry it's a really interesting subtitle for your book on this kind of ministry uh, because it's something i discovered uh, that that the it's an amazing if you just 188 uh, people in in the network there's 120 130 of them are ministers that's 120 130 churches that's a serious campaign but it's not a campaign no one started it no i didn't go around with a flag saying everybody needs to revitalize churches come and join me as i went around i found out people were doing it and thought we need to get together and encourage one another in this it's hard work because it was it was something that God has been doing. And yeah. all the stories are different. Uh, the, the reasons some people stay in one place and decide to revitalize that church because it's there, or sometimes people go applying for job after job after job, and then they end up in this job and it's a revitalization job. It's, it's every possible story, that, and, and then they end up in this ministry and, got, and then believe God has led them there. And I wanted to take account of that. And then when you hear the story of what happens when an evangelical minister lands in a, a parish that's probably never had a Bible teaching sermon ever or, or something like that, or it's an evangelical church that's long lost its way and got confused. And the, the the kind of movement of grace in that, the things that happen that give these extraordinary opportunities to bring the gospel into the community in a new way. It is all God at work. It's uh, it's amazing. And it's an encouragement. It's a difficult business. But actually, when you look at what's happening, it's a it's a huge encouragement to see that, to see God is at work. And then I read the Bible and look at all the difficult bits in the Bible, uh, like the book of Jeremiah and think, you know, with things that the chips are really down and when things seem to be going horribly wrong, that God just hasn't given up on his people and never does. And and it's, it's that sense that God is at work. So the, it's not just like a how to manual, how how I can re 
um, you know, revitalize my parish. It's not a how-to manual, though it does contain lots of excellent ideas um, and, and suggestions for things, but it's not a sort of directive manual for how to do it. It's theological, it's uh, biblical, and it's reflecting on what is God is actually doing and how he does it uh, in those parishes. You, it's really a different book than you might have written five, ten years ago. Mm. Yeah, uh, that, and that has been helped by being having so many conversations with people who do church revitalization uh, and being blessed by those. Uh, very encouraged. Well, buy it now, everybody, uh, listeners, uh, dear listener, buy that, buy the book now. George Crowder, Reforming Church, available from Church Society and all good bookshops. Uh, if it doesn't stock it, then it's not a good bookshop. So, um, but so this has been born out of your experience um, working for church society in the region, but also working with the Norm Network, but also working as a revitalization minister yourself, an incumbent of a parish mm -hmm. in uh, in Over. Tell us about Over. It's a it's a strange name for a place. Where where is it, and what's it like? Well, people would know it as Winsford, um, which is a it's a salt town in Cheshire. Um, Why is it salty? Uh, because it's basically hollow below below the town is a load of salt mines uh, and all of the rock salt for the country comes from Winsford mm. uh, that's that's what it is so if um, you're not skidding about on the road when it's cold <laughs> outside it's uh thanks thanks to Winsford yeah uh, so uh, the, so the but the salt industry became automated uh, and that meant a lot of people lost their jobs and then there was an industrial park and, and then there was a lot of it um movement from Liverpool and Manchester of people into new estates. Uh, and that's what we have now is housing estates. Um, and the people. church there? What's it like? Uh, so it never really had an evangelical ministry uh, in all its history before me. There was a sort of, yeah, I when I preached for 12 minutes on the reading, that was a shock. Uh, when I first Because it was came. too short and they were used to an hour or? It was too long and complicated too long and complicated so so i was coming to that kind of context but lovely people uh but it was a long hard job that i got lots of things wrong because <laughs> I, I didn't really understand uh, the context properly i didn't really understand the right way to go about it so it was a lot of trial and error um now it is a it's still a small church i'm not i've not you know turned a church into a mega church it's a small church family of people who love jesus uh from and they're from all over from some from the estates some from kind of slightly further afield um, um we have some good connections well we have great connections with the community that is a, an amazing thing that god's provided with us a such huge traction with local community groups and a local council uh, that we have limitless opportunity for the gospel what does that look like to have good connections with the school and with the council? What does that um, what does that give you as a church? What does it give the gospel? Why is it important? I think I could be involved in any council event I wanted to be. It's the only, it's only for lack of time and uh, energy that uh, I'm not. So I pick and choose that. The local community group um, on the housing estate loves to work with us. Uh, we have a, a sort of drop-in thing that we do every fortnight with them uh, that gives us connection to local families who'd have connection with no other way and we get just time with them to 
get to know them uh, so that when we invite them to things, they feel they can come along. Uh, it gives us a huge amount of presence in the community. We, we, I've run a street festival for a few years, well, for quite for 10 years, that that people love. And I'm able to do that because the council will give us money to do it. Uh, and, and because all of the local organisations will, will supply support and people and things. And, and I can get musicians to come and play because we, we just the, the, God has opened every door into the community and and the, the people love the, ch the church and connect with it so there's there's so much that we have been able to do to connect with people but there's still massive open doors in the community um but we are a small church and and it's a upa our own priority area so we are we struggle financially we we make it through every year just about uh and that is glorious uh but we but we we are always low on resources we're always struggling but but the there's a sense of togetherness and unity in the spirit and passion for God's word, which is very uplifting and, and very positive. Excellent. Um, sounds like a great place. I imagine it will be advertised soon uh, because you're leaving. Um, so so just one line. Why, why should somebody apply to be the next vicar of over? Because they will love you and you will love being loved by them. <laughs> they have an appetite an appetite for god's words um, absolutely they love they, they, they love the bible yeah and they yeah and the community will, will love you as well now why would you want to leave there where are you going to george where are you off to after <laughs> easter yeah i get asked that a lot by people <laughs> especially <laughs> around here because uh, because we we've loved being here but uh, i've it's been quite a wrench really but i do have a the the calling has been overwhelming uh, since Rob left uh, St. Mary's Cheadle, uh, became the Bishop of Ebbsfleet, and person after person has said, well, we think we'd like you to be the next rector of Cheadle, including people from Cheadle, uh, and would you look at it? Uh, and that, it's been a process of feeling very bit called by God, drawn. Uh, I was very honest in the interview process, because uh, I wanted to be this be a genuine test of whether this is the right next move for me, uh, and it was overwhelmingly a, a call from God. To and what to... kind of parish is it that you're going to? Um, it's it's a not very far away from over, is it? It's not too far. It's, it's about yeah, forty minutes down the M56, but but it, it's a very different um, setup. So a very large church with a large staff, um, a very well established uh, evangelical church with a ministry that's wider uh, than than itself, uh, wider than the benefice. Um, uh, and for a long time, I've been involved in the local ministers group here. Um, Rob used to chair that. I now chair that. Um, I seem to have fallen in, into a few holes that Rob has left. Um, uh, Rob being? Rob Munro. Uh, so you're basically taking over from Rob Munro after he left to become the Bishop of Ebbsfleet. No. Well, no yes, yes, I am. So I'm, I'm doing that. You're trying to um, fill those big shoes. I've told them I can't do that. There's <laughs> much bigger shoes than I do. But to bring a, a different ministry, but equally collaborative, they wanted somebody who was very invested in uh, ministering in the community, and I love doing that, and I had lots of experience in that. Um, so it, it seemed like a very good fit. 
and and it's a new challenge and it's something I I am I'm excited about in a lot of ways in, in terms of I I've loved being able to have a, a wider brief being part of church society I think as, a, as the rector of Cheadle I will definitely have a wider brief in, in the diocese you won't be able to carry on uh, with us at church society because it's no. too big a job yeah. uh, to enable you to spend a day a week working with church society. So we will be looking for a new regional director as well. It's a great job and I'm going to miss it. But if, it's, if you're listening and you just want to have a, a really wonderful day a week uh, with a, I mean, a, a, an incredible team that just will, will uplift your day uh, when you meet with them and meet with lots of people and find out what's really going on in ministry and be a genuine benefit and god will use you if you want it i mean i can't recommend it enough i've i've loved it and i'm sad sad to, to leave this job but i'm sure there's somebody out there who will uh be just right for it but but um yeah if you just even think about it have a go because it's it's been a wonderful job stop it george we'll be overwhelmed with applications uh, <laughs> when, when that advert goes out uh, well, we know that we'll miss you in church society. I think uh, Over's loss is definitely Cheadle's gain. Uh, so thank you for all you've done for us within church society over these last five years. We know that your impact will continue through that excellent book, uh, through Norm, the uh, Network of Revitalization Ministries, which continues, um, and through all the personal relationships that uh, you've had. We know that you'll continue to pray for us, as we will for you, because Cheadle is, of course, a church society trust parish as well so uh, we'll continue to get your prayer requests in our prayer diary and we look forward to, to hearing further news uh, from you as well so dear listener thank you for joining us this week on the podcast please do pray pray for over uh, as they look for their new incumbent uh, pray for Cheadle uh, and for George as he makes that start at uh, a new and bigger church uh, for God's blessing upon all that he does there. And pray for us in church society too, as we look for a new regional director to take George's place, um, looking after the North, finding out about the North and feeding in uh, to our wider discussions. Thank you, George. Any final words from you? Uh, just to say thank you very much to um, everyone who have managed to connect with. Uh, it's been wonderful. Thank you so much the staff team at church society for being uh, such an encouragement to me and thank you to you lee uh, i've learned so much through doing this job i've developed in ways i never thought i could have uh, and i'm really grateful for the time i've had here thank you thank you so much for listening to this episode of the church society podcast you can find the whole podcast archive on our website churchsociety.org don't forget to subscribe to us on your usual podcast app and we'd love it if you are able to leave a review or give us a rating over there as well. Mm -hmm.